This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. To you. Welcome into the action line from WGNS. This morning on the program, we are focusing on lawns and gardens. Mitchell Moat is with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Big day tomorrow. What's happening tomorrow, Mitchell? Uh, tomorrow uh, at 7 o'clock, the Rutherford County Farmers Market is open for business. Absolutely. That's over at the Lane Agri Park. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the hours? 7 till noon. And what what is in uh, what's being offered now? What is the season? Well, you're kind of so the warm season things are still there. Uh, the, the peppers, the tomatoes, uh, squash, cucumber, you know those kinds of things. All your warm season vegetables they're still in season. Uh, there has not been you know they're they're going to grow up until frost time. So um, that's that's going to last for a good bit longer yet. And uh, still flowers and things like that are being offered. Uh, folks have their. Uh, um, uh, just still some plants are being offered for sale starting to get uh, mums in now uh, some of those fall color plants uh, mums and pansies and things like that so it's uh, uh, and there may be maybe some greens uh, just depending on how early some folks got some things planted but uh, you know turnip greens things like that it may still be a little bit early for that yet but uh, uh, if, if they're not there uh, they'll be there soon so you can uh, head on over there and uh, understand the fishing is pretty good over there too. Well, the the, the fishing's okay. I'm not sure how the catching's going, but uh, <laughs> the, the fishing is available. Yeah, yeah. So folks can can fish there in the uh, uh, the pond just there, just just below the parking lot of the farmers market. That's a good sized pond too. It is. It's a good sized piece. And the uh, is it the TWRA that stocks it? Or somebody stocks it. Uh, well, maybe Mitchell does. No, Mitchell didn't do it. Um, <laughs> I think I think that they uh, uh, initially got some some fish from TDBRA. I know it's been stocked more than once, uh, and I, I couldn't tell you for sure where uh, uh, each time uh, who stocked it each time. Mm-hmm. And now, when when is it open? Is it every day or what is it? Yeah, it's it's Monday through Saturday. Okay. Yeah, Sunday is uh, uh, is 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 closed for fishing on Sunday, but it's. Uh, um, you know, most all day long, Monday through Saturday. That's one of those fun memories that you can have with your children or your grandchildren. Take them over there and mm-hmm. just enjoy yourself. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty clean, you know, place to get to. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's, you know, good parking there uh, in the parking lot at the, at the market and so on. So, yeah, it's it's an easy place. We are almost, uh, maybe we're not just almost, maybe we are at the point where people need to be looking at their yards and thinking Man, about reseeding. Went, the, the window's wide open. 
Yeah, it is. It is open right now. What, what do they need to do? You know, if you uh, if if you have a if you maintain a cool season turf grass in your home lawn, and and those are things like tall fescue, Kentucky bluegrass, and so on. And and tall fescue is going to be the dominant one. The fine fescues fall in that category as well. Um, th- this is the planting window. Uh, University of Tennessee Extension recommendations for establishing uh, for for planting, uh, whether it's initial planting and establishment or whether it's uh, overseeding to thicken up stands that have been thinned out uh, uh, over the growing season or over the years for whatever reason. Our our recommended planting window is at September to early October time frame. So we're right in the midst of it right now. Um, I mean, it's soil conditions are good uh, because of the rain that came through this past weekend. There's moisture in the soil. So, uh, it, your cultivation practices that uh, you might in, it, you might utilize in order to open the ground up some uh, to make it uh, uh, more receptive to create those bare soil spaces for those seed to land in to lodge in, uh, which is going to improve germination. You know that's going to be uh, more effective now because you do have adequate soil moisture, uh, but it's not. Uh, you know, in most cases, it's not going to be too muddy to do that. It can be too wet to do it, but I don't think uh, I don't think most folks are experiencing those conditions right now. Um, it, you know, there are various ways to go about it. Uh, the, the thing is you need to put seed into the ground. Okay, if uh, uh, if you go to the trouble uh, in the effort to uh, – in the expense to purchase – um, seed to improve a, a tall fescue or a cool season lawn that has been thinned out over time then you also ought to go to the trouble uh, to give it the best chance of germinating and and, and there are folks that will do this uh, every year uh, they'll take those seed uh, perfectly good seed and and just broadcast them over the top of the ground without doing anything uh, in preparation for that you know, this American, that's, if that's the way you want to do it, then go for it, I guess. But, boy, that's sure not the best way. <laughs> that's sure not the best way to uh, uh, improve your chances of having success and having those seeds germinate. You need to put those seed into the ground uh, as, as best you can. And, yes, you're not going to uh, tear up an existing turf if all you're trying to do is overseed that. But there are things you can do to open that ground up to give you some bare soil, uh, to, to give that seed a better chance of coming into contact with soil and germinating. Uh, I'll mention two or three different ways. Uh, one, uh, you know, go to the equipment rental store and rent a, a slit seeder or a power overseeding machine. Mm-hmm. It works sort of like a, a little miniature no-till drill. Uh, it opens the ground up and it plants the seed uh, in a single process so that it, it cultivates and plants the seed uh, in, in one operation and that's a pretty efficient way to do it uh, it does a good job of cutting through uh, the existing turf there it's got those vertical blades that slice through that and you can adjust how deeply they cut into the soil and open those up uh, and it also you know will bring up some uh, you know dead plant material and so on that may have uh, uh, may have accumulated on the soil surface uh, over the growing season but th- that is a good way to do it Another uh, option that a lot of folks will utilize is uh, core aerate uh, prior to overseeding. And a core aerator is a, uh, an aerator that has hollow tines that as it moves across uh, the lawn surface, the soil surface, it pulls plugs of soil out of the ground and deposit those on the sur- deposits those on the surface of the soil. And so you've created lots of holes uh, there in, in <coughs> excuse me, in the lawn area. Uh, the bulk of the germination uh, that, that folks get out 
after or using the core aeration as, a, as an overseeding technique is, is from those seed that fall into the uh, aeration holes. Uh, they, you typically get more germination there. You'll have some germinate uh, when they lodge into uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the, you're going to deposit cores of soil on the surface. That's what this machine does. And those those cores get broken down and you'll have uh, seed lodge in that bare soil uh, the, the resulting of the, uh, the cores breaking down. You'll get some germination from that also. And then uh, a third option to uh, uh, overseed is uh, use a dethatcher. Uh, mm-hmm. In a dethatcher, uh, there are there are various kinds. There are powered dethatchers, sometimes called vertical mowers, that work much like a, a slit seeder, except it doesn't plant the seed; it just opens the ground up. It has those vertical blades that cut into the surface and pulls that uh, uh, plant residue up. And then you rake that off to get it out of the way. And then you, since you've cultivated the ground, then it's open. Uh, you come back and broadcast seed. Across there, uh, they're the. Um um, pull type uh, dethatchers that you can use behind a uh, a, a lawn tractor, uh, a lawn mower. Springtime dethatchers uh, uh, that can do a pretty good job of of cultivating, roughing that ground up too. And there's also dethatching rakes that uh, uh, hand powered rakes that uh, uh, you can utilize on smaller areas. They do a good job of removing dead plant material from the surface of the ground, exposing that, and also lightly cultivating the soil to make it more receptive to those grass seed. So if if you're going to overseed on a cool season turf, you know go to the trouble uh, to to take those steps to make it more successful and then you know once you once you put the seed out there then they it's got to have moisture in order to germinate um you know hopefully there will be adequate rainfall uh, occurring that uh, you don't have to rely on irrigation to do that and it's not going to hurt the seed for a few days uh, uh, if it is there in the soil you know waiting for a rain you may lose some to predation uh, from, you know, insects or uh, 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 animals, if you will. They may consume some birds and whatnot. But uh, as far as the seed degrading, it's, it's not going to degrade uh, uh, for a short period of time laying out there like that. Uh, if you do choose to go the uh, irrigation route, it's a good idea to uh, not try to uh, uh, apply enough irrigation water to wet the soil deeply. The idea is to keep the upper soil surface damp. That's where the seed are. Uh, in order for them to germinate, they've got to uh, uh, to get wet, to, to, to swell, to, to imbibe enough water, take in enough water to begin to swell up, and that's what initiates the germination process. And you want them to stay uh, wet, stay damp, you know, once they have uh, started that germination process, so they'll go ahead and completely germinate. A good way to do that is to sprinkle those areas, you know, irrigate them lightly, uh, uh, multiple times is better than a single time but but you know at least daily uh, in a perfect world you might do it a little bit in the morning a little bit midday a little bit early afternoon uh, just to keep that uh, upper soil surface damp let me ask you this for people who are doing that uh, sort of reseeding how long should they wait before they mow their yard let's say they have a, a sort of a stand of grass right now but they're just wanting to sure. fill in the blanks and, and that's where overseeding is used in an existing turf uh, that, that you're just trying to thicken it up some. You're not going to destroy what's out there uh, already. Um, and, and you're going to mow it when, when it needs mowing. Uh, that's, you, I mean, you're not going to wait uh, for the little, the, the new grass uh, to get up uh, a, a particular size because uh, uh, if, if you were to do that, I mean, it's going to take 
you know, in a in best case scenario, uh, a week to get germination, and then it's going to have to have some time to grow uh, before it's th- that new grass is uh, uh, in need of being mowed. But the existing grass that's already out there, I mean, it's going to continue to grow. Uh, if you don't uh, mow it when needed, it's going to get so tall it shades out that young grass. So mm. I mean, you have to mow the existing grass, you know, when it's when it's ready to mow. Uh, you you would have uh, probably mowed that grass down relatively short prior to doing your your aerating or your slit seeding, etc. Uh, just uh, uh, so that there's not as much. Uh, much growth there initially you know when you're doing the initial seeding but it's going to grow and, and it should anyway that's the goal the idea is going to continue to grow so it's and not you're not going to blow the seed away by mowing it well you should not no you should not because you're not going to be scalping the ground you know if it's tall fescue you're not going to be cutting it lower than three inches uh, okay. and and that should not uh, cause a big problem uh, for the uh, uh, for the seed you put out there especially if you've gone through the process of putting the seed down into the ground you know, now if you just broadcast it over the surface of the ground, uh, over the surface of the, of the existing grass, a, a bulk of that's going to get caught up in those grass blades in that canopy, and yeah, it can be blown around just uh, willy-nilly, haphazardly by running a lawnmower across it. But that's not going to necessarily be the case. Uh, so, if you aerate it, if you if you aerate it, you know, a lot of those seeds are going to fall into those aeration holes, uh, and especially you know, something that can improve moving the seed into the uh, into the soil surface after you've done the application of the seed, the broadcast seed. Let's say you aerate, core aerate, then you broadcast seed, and then you come back with uh, uh, maybe a, a, a drag, mm-hmm. you know, a, a flexible drag. You can make a flexible drag with a piece of chain link fence, for example, with the, you know two before tied on either end of it. And just drag that, you know, slowly across the soil surface to help knock some of those seed that may have caught uh, in on the uh, leaf blades down into uh, down uh, to the soil. Uh, that'll help with that. And plus, you know, if you are irrigating, uh, that's going to uh, uh, help. Uh, those seeds stick, you know, once it's wet, it helps them to stick into the soil uh, and not be uh, so readily picked up by um, just just air movement from a, uh, more blades moving across the surface. All righty. Tell you what let's do. I've got some free Farmer's Almanacs to give away. These are the brand new Farmer's Almanacs. They will help you with things like we're talking about. Uh, they'll help you uh, determine what the weather's going to be like in the this coming winter. So what's uh, it looking like for this coming winter, according to the almanac? Okay, let me see. I, I saw it in here. I, in Tennessee was uh, one of those areas. Uh, for this coming winter, it's going to be not so cold and not too wet. Not so cold, not too wet. Does that mean just right? Uh, maybe. Maybe there's, yeah. there's room there, I guess, for interpretation. So uh, it says... Uh, Let's see, what does it say here? About uh, That's uh, all the way from the Great Lakes southwestward to the Tennessee Valley in southern Texas and the southern and central high plains. So, uh, not too cold, not too wet. I, it sounds good to me. Well, that, that's, that's, not that's too pretty, cold, mid, not too pretty wet. near perfect, I yeah, guess. Sounds good. And there's an interesting article on raptors. Uh, I've... I've gotten interested in these the hawks and mm-hmm. eagles and Birds things like that yeah uh, whole article on that if you're left-handed which i am uh there's a whole section on uh for people who are left-handed uh I, i'm not sure do you read it backwards or i don't know but uh it's 
well, well which way did you read it? I mean, you're, so, so it must have worked for you. That's right. Well, I'm left-handed, so I don't know. Okay. Uh, 615-893-1450. As long as they last. If you have a question or a comment about the show, you need to talk, though. Uh, and, and have a question or a comment for Mitchell. Uh, you will get one of these free Farmer's Almanacs. And let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Fine. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, good, good. How, how do I get one of those free almanacs? All you have to do is uh, you, you've done the first part, and that's uh, call us. What's your first name? Susan, S-U-S-A-N. Susan, is that right? Yes. yes. Susan, okay. Susan, yeah. Very good, Susan. We've got you down, and there will be one waiting for you here at WGNS. Just come by any day between, uh, say, 11 and 4, and that's the best time to get it. 11 to 4 here at WGNS, 306 South Church Street. Susan, do you, are, you, are you planning on reseeding or doing anything of that sort? My husband is, and, and he always has trouble with it. He do, it doesn't. We have some spots that just won't grow. Hmm. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, that's uh, that's not an uncommon, uh, not an uncommon condition. Uh, and you know, in those places where it doesn't grow, is it uh, is it excessively shady in those spots? Yes. Okay, uh, boy, you know, grass has got to have uh, some minimal amount of sunlight, and uh, in in the uh, extremely shady areas, uh, I mean, there are places that just don't get enough sunlight to successfully grow grass, and you're better off, you know, trying to do something else there. But uh, if you have not tried using some fine fescue in uh, those shadier places, and you and your goal is to to grow grass there, you know, you might try it one more time, but using some fine fescue, uh, th- those are more shade tolerant. Even those have to have some uh, uh, minimal amount of sunlight throughout the course of the day, but uh, things like uh, uh, creeping red, strong creeping red fescue, hard fescue, uh, those are the fine fescues uh, that are pre- predominantly used here in this part of the country, and, and are more shade tolerant. So you might think about including some of that in a mix. Would he be better off to uh, cut the tree up? It's a pine, so he can cut up. You know, cut the branches, lower branches off. Oh, if you can, if you can limb one up to allow more sunlight to get to the base of the uh, to the base of the tree, then sure, that's going to improve uh, light interception, uh, which uh, very well may uh, improve plant growth there. Uh, the more light you can yeah. get, the better chance the grass will have to grow as well. Okay. Yeah, we were thinking we were thinking of bringing a low having a load of dirt brought in topsoil because we've got that field grass that. We live out uh, Manchester Highway, off of Red Mile Road, and uh-huh. all that is field, field, you know, yeah. grass or whatever. Sure. Yeah, and you, you know, you yeah. may, you may want to, uh, you may want to uh, kill that uh, before you plant uh, uh, desirable grass into it, so that it's not competing uh, with your desirable grass when you do see it. All right. Well, thank you, and I will pick up that almanac, Susan Harris. Thank you. All okay, right. Susan, you Thanks have a great calling. day. Bye bye. Stay with us. We will be back in just a moment. We're going to check on the traffic and weather, and we'll be back and give away some more of these Farmer's Almanacs. They are free. If you would like one, just give us a call. And uh, as long as we have them, we'll give them away. 615-893-1450. You do need to ask Mitchell a question, though. 
Stay with us. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family owned and operated since 1989. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurant. We're excited to announce that our dining rooms are back up and running. We may not be at full capacity and we may not have all of your favorite menu items or the favorite touches that you're used to having. But at the same time, we are excited to be able to serve you. We have brought our servers back. We have retrained them. Our cooks are excited to put the steaks on plates that you can cut with a real knife as opposed to plasticware from your home. And I invite your family to come and join our family back at Demas's Restaurants on Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Good morning, traffic. Still moving right along at this point here on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you leave Rutherford County into Davidson County. We've seen some radar out here this morning. Make sure you slow it down. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium Family Edition Sleep with the Sharks. It's back this weekend. Check it out. Ripley Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Thank you, Chuck. What about that Murfreesboro weather brought to you by First National Bank of Murfreesboro? Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon with a high in the mid-80s. Northeast winds are on 5 to 15 miles per hour and gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. COVID-19 has changed our world, and First National Bank of Murfreesboro is here to help you. We understand your uncertainty, and First National Bank of Murfreesboro is always here for our customers. We encourage the use of our digital tools, ATM, mobile banking, internet, and even the drive-thru. First National Bank of Murfreesboro, 2230 Mercury Boulevard. Now a part of the Capstar Bank family, member FDIC. We chase it five. It's all sports talk with Marty Hale Jr. and Tim Tackert here on WGNS. We're local. We know sports. Welcome back. Natalie Davenport, Sweet 16, is our birthday goodie winner today from Simply Pure Sweets Bakery and Cafe. Happy birthday, Natalie. Our good neighbor, the Carnies, today always helping others, sharing their vegetables with their neighbors. And they're going to be the good neighbors receiving flowers from Jenny Harrison and the family at Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. So tell us about your good neighbor, and we'd love to salute them as well. Mitchell Motes with us from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. If you have a question, a lawn and garden question this morning, give us a shout, 615-893-1450. And everybody who calls in with a question today, you get one of these old farmers' almanac, the brand-new 2021 almanac, just full of all sorts of interesting goodies there. And it's yours free uh, if you call quickly. Uh, as long as we have them, we will give them out. So uh, give us uh, your shout right now, 615-893-1450. I love to look through these 
just full of all sorts of information. All, all manner of information in there. Sometimes yeah. it's surprising it's at the topics that are covered sometimes. You know, Bart, we were talking there uh, earlier about overseeding cool season grasses, and, mm-hmm. and not everybody that has a cool season lawn needs to overseed it. Uh, it was a relatively good year, I think, for uh, a lot of folks that had or that, that maintained a cool season turf. And, and uh, you know, they have done a pretty good job in lots of instances of maintaining a good stand of grass. So they're maybe not needing to do much overseeding but regardless whether you're overseeding or not if you've got a cool season lawn and, and, and you're you know trying to to maintain a high quality turf uh you, you should be thinking about some fertilization and our recommendations are that the bulk of the fertilization or the fertilizer applied to cool season grasses here uh, occurs in this september october november time frame uh that's you know over those three months uh we'd, we'd suggest that you put out you know, probably three fourths of the fertilizer that's going to be used uh, uh, in a uh, in a given cycle. Uh, so the September, uh, uh, October, November time frame would be very appropriate for making fertilizer applications on your cool season turf grasses. All righty. Well, let's take a phone call. Our phone number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. And you're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Hello there. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Talk talk real close into your telephone. It's sort of hard to understand you for some reason. How about that? Is that a little better? Not a whole lot, but maybe a little bit. Are you on a speakerphone? Yes, sir. Okay, I think that's the problem. Are you in the car? Yes, sir. Okay, well, we don't want you to pick up the phone then because you'd be arrested. <laughs> I, I can hear it pretty good. Okay, I think, yeah, yeah. I think we'll be able to go, go ahead. And uh, what question do you have for Mitchell? I know it's a little late this season, but can you give us some tips about growing pumpkins? Gr- growing pumpkins? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, so yeah, you want to plant those? Uh, uh, you know, they're they're a they're a long season. Uh, uh, crop, so you got to plant those. Uh, you know, back earlier in the year. Uh, when you say tips about growing pumpkins, boy, the better the ground, the better the crop typically will be. Uh, they like a, a well-drained soil. You know, one that's not going to uh, to be uh, slow to uh, slow to drain after a good rainfall. Um, they're they're relatively. Uh, uh, it takes a fair amount of nutrition to grow big pumpkins uh, mm-hmm. because. You know, a lot of it, it takes a lot of nutrients. Uh, how long does it to take plant. to grow? How long does it take? You're talking about, uh, you know, you plant them back in the May June time frame, uh-huh. uh, and so you're getting ready to harvest now. So you know, it, it's it's several days, several days to grow those. A big thing about that folks run into uh, with with pumpkins is there uh, uh, a couple of diseases that are. Uh, very uh, um, common on those. Uh, powdery mildew uh, is one, uh, and it, it's uh, uh, just because of where we live, uh, the, the humidity that we typically have, the heat during the summer, uh, creates a good environment for some of these fungal diseases, uh, and the powdery mildew is certainly one that will attack all the cucurbits, pumpkins, squashes, cucumbers, etc., those kinds of things, and it will shorten their life cycle uh, and, and can influence, can, can impact, negatively impact their productivity but also you know downy mildew is another one that can do that uh so you're it would be uh you're just about going to have to use uh, a, a protective fungicide spray program uh, to be successful at uh, producing pumpkins uh, on any kind of scale and also uh some of the insects uh vine borers uh that can get in there
there and, and, and kill a vine early on. Um, also, the uh, uh, the squash bugs, if you will, they're, uh, the plant bugs that like to feed on those will certainly shorten uh, the lives of uh, uh, pumpkins and squashes and so on. So using uh, some insecticide as, uh, uh, as a protectant against those uh, is going to be important as far as uh, um, being successful at growing a crop of pumpkins. And I remember one time I grew pumpkins by mistake, by accident. I had How did that work? cleaned out pumpkins uh, oh, for some, yeah, and threw all the seeds uh, right there beside the front porch in the yard. And lo and behold, we had pumpkins. Yep. So that's pretty neat. Well, good luck to you on your pumpkins. Did you get her name? Did you get her name for the? the yeah, I, I got okay. I got your phone number. Your phone number showed up on here, so we listed it by your phone number. If that'll help you. Thank you. Okay, and that just uh, give your I guess it's a cell phone. Give that cell phone number to Melissa when you come up here, and she will have your farmer's almanac waiting for you any uh, any weekday between eleven in the morning and four in the afternoon. Thank you. You have a great day. And we have another phone call, too. Giving away the books uh, is helping on the phone calls. Everybody wants a farmer's almanac. Good morning. You're on WGNS. I can go buy you one at Walmart. Do what now? Hello. How are you? Hi there. Hello. I, I think they are asleep at the wheel right now. <laughs> Maybe engaged in another conversation. Yeah. Uh, I'll put them on hold and we'll we'll come back again and, and try to find them. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. Good morning, Bart. Hey, good morning to you. And good morning, Mr. Mitchell Moat. Good morning, sir. I wanted to ask you, Mr. Moat, um, crepe myrtles. Uh-huh. Obviously, I've got the bushes and I've got the trees. I've got a couple of trees on each, on one on each side of the house. Uh, I'm told to cut that thing back. That's way up over the gutters right now. To cut it back probably level with the gutter and also time frame when it actually gets cold. Is that what you recommend? Well, so for for crepe myrtles, uh, you know, there's two ways you can look at it. You know, one is uh, uh, to prune so that you can, you know, influence uh, or maybe uh, increase the number of uh, flowers uh, that's going to put out the next year. And, and that's one big reason, I guess, that people plant crepe myrtles. So uh, if that is the goal uh, to, to promote flowering, then since they, they flower on uh, new growth, uh, probably the better time to prune them uh, to encourage new growth, which would you would expect to have more flower buds on them would be after the first of the year more into the to the late winter early spring time frame uh, because uh, uh, pruning them uh, uh, at that point will encourage a flush of growth uh, to to put out new growth and, and that new growth is going to have more flower buds on it so uh, for crepe myrtles to improve flowering uh, the early part of March, late part of February is not a bad time uh, to target those. But if you, you know, if you need to prune uh, just to keep uh, to keep uh, size, you know, keep one in a certain size if it's uh, getting where it interferes with something because it's growing into something or maybe it's gotten so big it's obstructing view uh, for a, a stop sign or a street sign or something like that 
You know, you can, you can prune them most any time. Now, in, ideally, you would like to prune them while they're uh, uh, going, still have, have time to recover, have time for that wound to start to heal. So if you do that, uh, you know, if you do that uh, now or, or up in, say, October, November time frame, they're not going to uh, have a whole lot. Well, they're not going to be growing much at all uh, after uh, after you, after fall truly gets here, and these things go into their dormant period. And so that wound is just going to be there with no healing taking place uh, over the winter. And so it's you know it's, it desiccates, it dries out uh, faster, it's slower to heal. Uh, typically, doing that some is not going to cause in most cases long term damage, but that is not the recommended time. Uh, just for the overall uh, benefit of the plant to prune those. You like to do it when you're either going into beginning, you're just prior to starting a growing season. So that's that puts you in that February, March time frame. Or after you get out of the winter dormancy uh, and, and you're, you're fully into a growing season uh, and not towards the end of the growing season so that the plant still got plenty of time to grow and, and to uh, initiate that healing. Yes, sir. For, as far as for the plant health-wise, it is better February or March. Then. Yeah, February, March, okay. or after after they get fully leafed out in the spring. You know, June, May, June's fine. You're going to, you know, maybe cut off some flower buds. But as far as the health of the plant, it's, it, that's okay, too. Okay. Okay. Well, that makes perfectly good sense. I appreciate you, uh, Mr. Moe. All right. Thank you, sir. We thank you, and we do have a f- book in your name, or uh, rather in your phone number. <laughs> I've listed uh, waiting for you here at the station. Melissa has it for you. Thank you, Mr. Bart, and I appreciate y'all always. Well, thank you. You have a great day. You, sir. Bye. Good morning. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Pretty good. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. morning. Yes, sir. I've got, I planted some uh, Bermuda grass back at the end of the summer, and I've got a couple spots that I needed to go back and, and touch up. Do you believe it's uh, too late and I just need to, to start ahead and do that next year, or would it still be safe to... Uh, no, nah, you're. It's Bermuda grass. I think you'd be wasting your seed uh, now. Okay. Uh, days are getting short. You know, it's it's getting darker. And, and Bermuda grass is a long daylight plant. Uh, it, it'll utilize a lot of foot candles of, of light. And its growth rate starting to slow down anyway, just because days are getting shorter. And with the uh, you know the forecast cooler temperatures uh, uh, down in the fifties and in highs in the seventies, it's really going to slow down growth. Uh, and and Bermuda grass is so darn slow to germinate anyway. Sometimes. I would not. Uh, I'd just save my resources and, and try to catch it. Maybe uh, you know, first part of May next year, end of April, first of May. All right. Uh, and my name is Sean Sells. I appreciate your advice. Thank you. Yes, sir. Okay, Thank you. John. Thank you. And we got you down uh, with John, and we got your phone number too. Did he say John or Sean? Uh, did you say Sean? Sean. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you. You have a good day. Bye bye. You got better ears. <laughs> well, I, I understood that one anyway. All righty. Our number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Boat. Hello there. Hello. Hi. How are you? Fine. How are you? I'm doing great. Did you have a question for Mitchell? I do. We have um, hydrangea bushes, and last year they did really good and bloomed, full bloomed, and this year they started, uh, they grew up really good and no blooms. Ooh, yeah. Um, 
a common thing on hydrangeas, and, and you know, we think back, think back to this spring or back this past spring. Uh, we had uh, uh, we had some some late frost, some hard frost late in the season. You know, we had a late April, uh, very hard frost, and we also had a fairly early May frost. I think it was around uh, maybe Mother's Day weekend. We had uh, a spell of cool weather there. Uh, it is not uncommon at all for uh, hydrangeas to to uh, be you know lose flower buds just due to late frost. Uh, so that you know that could have been what happened. Uh, the fact that they bloomed uh, the year before lets you know that you know they're certainly capable of blooming. Um, and if if they're growing well, um, you know that's that's the best you can hope for. Uh, there's not a whole lot we can do about uh, you know about the frost uh, unless you know we do take steps to try to protect those plants. But very often that's what the case is uh, is, is the frost got them. Did did you prune them back uh, any any at all? We have. Uh, just a little bit, but uh, I didn't know if it was because we have them, they get more sun, or should they be more shade? Well, they'll, no, they'll, um, I mean, unless it's a, it's, it's not an oak leaf hydrangea, is it? I mean, those probably do a little better in some shade, but uh, uh, just, just, uh, um, you know, your hydrangea is, tolerates uh, uh, sun and, and a little bit of shade, too, Uh so no, it's. I mean, what kind of site is that one in, or the ones you're talking about? Do what now? I didn't hear you. I'm sorry. How much? What, what sort of? Do they get sun all day long, or is it you know half sun, half shade? Uh, what? Most of the day. Most of the day, sunny. Yeah, mostly sun. Okay. Um, nah, they should they should tolerate that pretty good. Um, um, no, I don't. I don't. It doesn't sound to me like it's just you know excess sunlight that's that's causing the problem. Uh, and and how long have you had them out? Did they just been out a couple of years or what? Uh, we've had it, I'd say probably at least uh, three years anyway. At least three years, okay. But they flower they flowered good last year. Uh, I, I it very well could have been that uh, you know they just lost uh, hey, uh, they just we... lost buds uh, just due to, to frost. I didn't know if we were going to have to move it, or you know, something was wrong with it, or. Mm, no, nah, the fact the fact it's growing good, you know, in any case, there's probably nothing wrong with it. Uh, the, the fact that it had good growth, uh, put out new leaves, and, and, and I'm assuming it grew, you know, it grew taller and, and, and grew wider and so on. Uh, so no, I don't think that's the issue at all. Okay, well, I appreciate your help. All right, well, thanks Good for luck calling. to you. We got your phone number down, and uh, just come by the station and pick up your free copy of the Farmer's Almanac. All right, thank you, and y'all have a good day. You, yes, too. you too. Bye-bye. Uh, here's a text question. This person says, I'm in the process of planting my spring flower beds. What are some good flowers to set out now to get spring blooms? I'm thinking about peonies, but what else could I put out? Uh, peonies, um, peonies, yeah, that's a good flower. You know, your spring flowering bulbs, mm-hmm. uh, things that are going to grow from rhizomes or from bulbs. Uh, iris, you can certainly you know put you, some of those out. We're, this is a good time to uh, divide uh, plants like iris, plants like peonies, um, things like daylilies, uh, those uh, you know those of that sort, and then those spring flowering bulbs. You know, tulips and. Uh, 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 crocus and just any of those that uh, bloom in the spring of the year, uh, it, it'd be perfectly fine uh, to plant those in this uh, uh, early fall time frame. Okay, so 
go have a ball. Tell you what, let's do. We're going to pause for just a second and uh, check on the traffic and weather. We will be right back. Stay with us, won't you? Mitchell Motes with us this morning from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Consumer Warrior Clark Howard, weekdays 11 to 1. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system, reducing microorganisms including bacteria, viruses, and allergens. Call Precision Air, 615-930-0088. That's 615-930-0088. Hey guys, I'm Marcellus from Bubba Gandy Seafood, the freshest seafood in town with a new delivery every single week. Veteran owned and operated by a U.S. Navy shipmate. You could say he knows the ocean well. Bubba Gandy Seafood on Memorial Boulevard across from the sports car. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Come see us for all your clothing, gift, pets, any needs that you have for your lawn or garden. And also, don't forget anything you need for your farm. Please come visit us at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Where are you located? 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. Do you have to be a member to shop here? You don't have to be a member with us to shop. A co-op farm and home center on Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off South Church. Here at Music World and Drummer's Den, we do our very best to be very price competitive. On most major items, we're matching internet prices and sometimes even better. So if you're looking for great quality at good prices, this is the place to shop. Come by today and join our Play Today music program. We can get you started playing today and ready to go. This is Dave Kivanemi inviting you to come by Music World and Drummer's Den in Murfreesboro across from Indian Hills. Good morning, traffic still moving right along at this point here on 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you leave Rutherford County into Davidson County. We've seen some radar out here this morning. Make sure you slow it down. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium Family Edition Sleep with the Sharks. It's back this weekend. Check it out. Ripley Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon with a high in the mid-80s. Northeast winds are on 5 to 15 miles per hour and gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. This is Jeff Graham with Tire World. I want to invite you to visit our new off-road department at our Memorial Boulevard location, featuring lift kits, leveling kits, light bars, as well as wheel and tire packages. Just come by and ask for Gator for all your off-road needs. That's Tire World on Memorial Boulevard. Get the latest local real estate information, lawn and garden tips, and more Saturdays at noon on the Rutherford Home Show with Dean Higley and Dave Grover here on WGNS. Mitchell Moat is our guest this morning. If there's something on the show that you heard and you wanted to hear it again just to be sure you heard it right, we will be uh, offering the podcast. It'll be on our website. Give us a few minutes right after the broadcast this morning. Not only will it be on our website, it'll be on all of the top pod sites across the nation and around the world. That's that's all of them. I mean, it'll be every one of those. 615-893-1450. Let's go back to the phones. You're on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. How are you today? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. 
Hey, I've, I've run into a little problem. I've got a, a, about 10 acres out readable, and uh, Anthony, I've talked to him many times. He's helped me out. I got rid of the fire ants, and they, they came back. But the new twist is my wife went a little bit uh, chicken crazy. we got about 20 chickens that got a huge coop, and we let them out. I'm afraid to put down... Because you know chickens peck at everything, mm-hmm. you know, and I and I'm and I've seen them over there pecking around the fire ants, and I think they got a little taste of it and decided they didn't want anything to do with it. But I'm afraid if we put the, you know, if we put some of that down now to get rid of the fire ants, the chickens might get in there and, and get to pecking around and get it in their system. Well, it might something you might go ahead. Well, uh, now you're gonna. I mean, if you're gonna kill them, you're gonna have to use insecticide. Uh, that's you know that, that's the option right there, uh, but uh, I suspect you're probably talking about using the bait that you just broadcast over the entire area, um, and and for large areas that is typically the more efficient way, the more effective way to control them because you rely on the the behavior of the fire ant, the fact that they're sending or in all ants, but they're sending out their workers, their foragers, uh, to collect food to bring back to the uh, bring bring it back to the colony there. And so uh, you spread the bait, the, the, they pick it up, they, they carry it back to the colony, and then, uh, you know, they get enough of that bait introduced in there till uh, you know, it does what it's going to do that to control the ants, whether it's a growth regulator, whether it's a genuine insecticide, or what the case may be. But the other option is, instead of using a bait over the entire area, is to go to the individual mounds, uh, and, and treat the mounds directly uh, and not just broadcast bait. That's a much more time-consuming method. Uh, it's, it's typically not as efficient because you've you got to know where all the mounds are if you're going to treat them, right? So if you, don't know, if, if, if you miss one, you didn't treat that mound, so you're not going to get rid of those. But that is a way to avoid you know, broadcasting if you are concerned about, uh, you know, about the, the chickens or, or whatever picking up some of the bait because they could a lot of the bait is uh uh it's it's placed on a uh a soybean uh based carrier so mm-hmm. you know they they could certainly pick it up uh, uh and it, I, it would not surprise me if they did that um another thing would be uh to keep them uh up uh, after you broadcast the bait, you know, typically after you have to put it out there after there's good rain on it, you're not going to worry too much more about uh, about it, it being there for them to pick up so that that's another option but you know to do it uh like if you wanted to go control fire ants today uh that i guess my recommendation would be to go to individual mounds uh and you could use either you know a drench a liquid drench you mix it up and pour it into the mound uh you're not worried then about uh, being a solid residue for a chicken or whatever to come by and you know peck on that later and maybe pick it up there are uh, uh, solid insecticides, powders, you know, pellets, etc., that can be used uh, on the individual mounds. Uh, but again, they're going to be there on the surface for a while, uh, so you, you may uh, you may not choose to do that. Instead, use a liquid drench. But again, it's you know you got to carry it out there. You got to tote it uh, and find the mounds and put it on there. But uh, uh, those are about your two options, I think. Well, and, so uh, what will they do to the to the chickens, the fire ants? Oh, what, what will the fire ants do? The chickens? Oh, will they bother them just like they do people? Why, if, if bite them a, and all. a fire ant, if if the if the hens go out and disturb them enough, then they would. Uh, but I think just in the course of walking around and doing what chickens do, I don't know if they're going to cause enough disturbance for the fire ants to, to bother them a bunch. But sure, there's no reason they would not. Okay, does that help you out? That does help me. We've been hitting each mound anyway because we pretty much know where they all are. Yeah, but well, yeah, you're right. The... If I was 
just maybe put them up for a day or two or whatever, and then uh, after they're dead, I guess just we've been kind of cleaning them up, knocking them down sure. after they're dead. So. Sure. All right. Well, that's awesome, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, we'll give her a shot. All right. Okay. Well, good luck to you. And we do have your phone number down, and that's uh, how we will identify you for the winner of the I, farmer's. I've already, huh? I've already got one. I bought one for the year. If, if you want to give it to somebody else, that way it'll get used. Okay. We've already got one. Yes, sir. Very good. Well, you have a great day. You too. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Let's see if we can't squeeze in a real quick call. You're okay. on WGNS with Mitchell Moat. Oh, good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning to you. This is Sally Lyons. Yes, um, ma'am. I want to ask Mitchell if uh, it's too late to plant winter greens. Things like turnip greens and uh, uh, spinach, no, ma'am. Uh, it's not too late to plant those. Okay, well, I'll give it a shot. All right, good luck to you. And, and thank you. we do have one of these uh, Farmer's Almanacs with your name on it right here. Well, I'll tell Terry to pick it up for me. All righty. Well, you have a great day. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. And that's going to do it for our show today. Don't want to forget to remind everybody again, Farmer's Market in the morning. Farmer's Market, 7 till noon over at uh, Lane Agri Park in the Community Center building. And so you need to be there. Tomorrow is a big day and uh, lots of good deals waiting for you. And the cooler weather is uh, forecast to be moving in, so it's going to feel like fall. It feels good already. Yeah, <laughs> it's not been bad this week. No, no it has, it has not, not been. Mitchell Moat, our guest this morning from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. They are there to help you. We are flat out of time. Stay with us. Truman is next right here on your good neighbor station, WGNS Murfreesboro. Hey, have a great day.